So we, we've got uh, a very strange world going on of uh, a lot of people on the left, and that for, for that matter, a lot of people on the uh, the side of, without God. In other words, the godless, who just seem to, you ever get this sense, Ari, that they just seem to lack any sense of reality, right? You, you, you kind of, I mean, you pick your poison about anything. For example, the minimum wage thing that we talk about so often, they have no sense of reality. I mean, what do you think is going to happen if you force everyone to have a, such a higher wage? Do you think there are any consequences? We talked about this, right? Uh, what do you think is going to happen when you say that abortion should be wildly available and such? Are you going to have more abortions or less abortions, or fewer abortions? Of course you're going to have more. It's going to be more dangerous for the woman or not. It's going to be more dangerous. What's going to happen when you start talking about uh, you know, sex uh, willy-nilly without any any consequences, and that the that the girls should be you know thinking about sex the same way the guys do. Okay, what do you think the consequences of that is going to be? It sounds kind of fun in the beginning, but then this means it's going to be a lot of more a lot more abortions and a lot more diseases. To say nothing of the emotional consequences for a lot of women, especially, right? So, but somehow people, it's like they are. Uh, willingly suspending their disbelief, right? Like when you go to a movie, especially one that is well acted and such, you willingly suspend your disbelief for the for the time being, for those two or so hours. Why? Because you want to enjoy the movie. If you're constantly saying to yourself, "Well, that's just an actor," you know, that could never happen in real life. You know that the way that uh, that plane is floating in the sky. You know, <laughs> right? Uh, that there are many things that you just, you, 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 if you constantly question the, the, the movie, you're not going to enjoy the movie. You're probably going to ruin it for other people at the same time. And what's the point of going to the movie? It almost requires you to willingly suspend your disbelief. Well, it's like a convention. You know, we do all sorts of conventional things or uh, uh, let's just say um, proprietarily conventional things when we go to certain places. Yeah. When you go to a baseball stadium, you don't throw objects at the players. Right. It frowned upon. Right. When you go to church, you dress or behave a certain way. When you go to a movie, we've all agreed for the sake of other people. When you go to a restaurant, you chew with your mouth shut. Right. There's reasons for this. Well, but this you is know, and it's the same is, thing. Yeah. You willingly suspend your disbelief for yourself and others. It's like accepting a a, uh, a contract. When you do this, you do that kind right. of thing. But it's a movie, and I think what you're getting to is there's all these people on the left that we've seen their behavior. Over the last months, years, decades, that live in a dream world to support their philosophical outlook. Yeah, and, and there are too many examples of this. So we'll, maybe we'll kind of compartmentalize them. I think we'll take the political on the one side, and then we'll take the religious uh, on the next side, and then we'll discuss uh, possible other opportunities as well. But let's talk about the political first of all, because it, it is so wildly apparent when it comes to the political world. What do I mean by that? For example, they cannot accept that Trump is uh, not pure evil, okay? They can't, for that matter, the Republican Party is not pure evil. So they, they, they ignore every success that's going on associated with him. He, there's been a lot of success in his first year in office. For example, the, uh, just, just recently, there's been the tax uh, uh, a bill that, that has passed. Wonderful. And it's also gotten rid of the Obamacare. So their willing suspension of disbelief occurred with Obamacare. Obamacare is going to be great. It's such a great example now that I think about it, right? They, they, they said this is going to be a chicken in every pot situation, yeah, right? Yeah, like I mean, your doctor, like your plan, save $2,500 yeah. a year, this, that, the other, right. live long, prosper. It, right? it, was, it was so readily, clearly uh, knowable, shall we say, foreseeable. 
that this was a disastrous idea. There's no way it could work, okay? It was, it was clearly going to raise premiums. It was clearly going to make doctors uh, scarce. And it was clearly going to uh, decrease the quality of service, okay? But other than that, it was a great idea, as we say, right? But they, they just, they had to willingly suspend their disbelief because the logic, they weren't about to have that enter into the equation. So th that, that was one thing. Right. And then the Iranian deal is another good example. Right. They say, oh, well, look, Obama is somehow making great things happen. We will willingly suspend our disbelief when it comes to the, the treaty that he's now engaging in, because surely he's trying to protect our country. Surely he's doing wonderful things. So but then you read the, the details uh, and you say there's, there's there's no way this could be working. There's no way that this could be right. Yeah, this, let's this give, could only hurt us. Yeah, let's give billions of dollars and nuclear weapons to terrorists. Right. Uh, how is that a good idea? Yeah. And and you know there's there's like two others that, are, that you should comment on. One is with the IRS scandal, not a smidgen of corruption. Oh yeah. And of course the one you hear from the media all the time, the Obama administration was scandal free. Yeah, I love that. So uh, I mean, whoa. So that's a, that's the willing suspension of disbelief. Now we we kind of joked around about how someone's seeing a Star Wars movie and holding his you know folding his arms and saying, hmm, uh, "This cannot possibly be real." And uh, let me explain why. Yeah, you don't hear explosions in outer space. You yeah, don't hear engines right. of spaceships <laughs> in outer space. Sound waves don't travel in outer space. Shut up! Can I enjoy the movie, <laughs> right. please? Yeah. I spent twenty two dollars to see this in the Dolby Cinema High Dynamic Range Theater, not the fourteen the arc like can you shut up right you know that's how right. we react to these idiots right. so, so so i mean but in a sense you have to be that skeptical we you have to be that jerk as it were in order to deal with the realities of the real life okay it's one thing to enjoy a movie it's another thing to have to deal with reality that's right. why a movie is escapism right that we go there to avoid reality well that's why it's that's why movies were invented that's why they're the greatest art form because it's the only art form that allows that full immersion uh, now, i know i i i know that a lot of our listeners are now wondering what did he mean when he said that's why boobies were invented uh, because, and I think it is an art form too, <laughs> boobies. But no, I said booties, <laughs> booties. You know, the ones that Harvey Weinstein likes to squeeze. That, you know, it's a form of escapism. <laughs> so we can escape from being a successful Hollywood producer who's butt ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. We're back. No, I said <laughs> movies. I know you did. So. That's that's the whole point. That was very funny. Yeah, <laughs> but for two hours we're allowed to go on that, right? Like when I yeah. go, I, I go to Magic Mountain every year uh, around this time of year, and I really enjoy it. Uh, but when I go to Magic Mountain, I don't pretend that this is a real. I mean, I do pretend in a sense that going on these roller coasters, I'm getting the thrill of, uh, you know, going at high speed velocity. It's you know, it's just this big circle of some kind at the end of the day, right? You're just going for the thrill. I'm not pretending right. it's any. Anything else? I mean, but in a sense, I am pretending it. I, I, but I'm not. You get the idea. But that's my escape. If I did it every day, I'd, you'd say, "Wow, that's a wasted life, right?" <laughs> but I'm doing it for two hours for a movie, and maybe four hours when I go to Magic Mountain, and so on, right? But but that's you know, every, everything has its place. Escapism has its place. But these liberals, the, especially the, the lefties, and again, a, dis a distinction, I think that Prager is right to make that distinction. These lefties, they are engaging in escapism night and day, 24-7. That's what they do. Yeah, it's a, it's a lifelong acid trip. Right. You know, it's not, it, it's not just, hey, let's dose and go through a walk in the woods. No, 
that's life for them. Right. Let me enjoy the movie. Yeah. Is what they, let, let me enjoy this, this drug that I've been given all the time. And, and they're told what to believe. That's another story altogether, so I won't get into that. But they, they just imbibe this stuff, and they say, that's what I'm supposed to think. And when you present to them, like you understand that if you paid 90% of your taxes, that's going to cripple the economy, and you're going to get, ironically, less in the uh, government's coffers than you can possibly imagine, than if you did, let's say, 30% of everyone's uh, salary. And then the, the response is always the same, which is, well, I know that uh, at least half of the economists out there disagree with you, so there. Well, but that, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, do your homework, man. I mean, this, this is why, why we are conservatives, because we have done our homework only to, to know that this is not the way the economy works. We also do our homework and to know that there's no way this, this Obamacare thing could have possibly worked. It, it failed quicker than anyone could have imagined. Uh, so in that sense, once again, our predictions are, are wrong only with the speed with which they occur, <laughs> right? Um, and the same thing with the Iranian deal. Uh, and, and everything else, so many of the other things that Obama did during his administration. Yeah, uh, and, and how about just the, the suspension of disbelief that they live in where they somehow think the services and benefits that get from government largesse spending is just so wonderful. Yes. I mean, what would they rather have? A brand new BMW or a government program that affects them? Right. I, I mean, how do they how do they go through life thinking that this is good? Right. Well, how I'm, is it? How I'll is make it, it even simpler for you because yeah. you just gave an example, a brand new BMW, and you're assuming that everyone wants a brand new BMW. Uh, a lefty will portray that. You see that these guys just like like stuff. Okay, they're, they're okay. rich. Volkswagen van, <laughs> brand new Volkswagen <laughs> van with a, a supply of pot in it. No, would you rather be free and do what you want to do in your life versus uh, being being given all these these goodies from the government, whatever those goodies might be? That that's I think that's what you're saying. Well, I, I, I agree with of, you. I'm sort of talking about the government benefits that they always whine about that are going to disappear when taxes are cut. Meaning when they say something like, "Well, what about all those those benefits for the homeless?" Well, have you seen the quality of life the homeless are living in Los Angeles? Right. Are they doing well? <laughs> if they're not, yeah. maybe what they're getting from the government isn't working. Yeah. How is it? How is it a shiny new car no, no, to you? Because because the problem again, and and thank you for bringing up the point because it's very similar to the argument that we've been making, which is that they willingly suspend their disbelief. They think of the government, and I'm I'm not kidding. What I'm saying, you may laugh. They think the government operates with the efficiency as the uh, Men in Black movie. They, right? I mean, yes. well, I'm not talking about that they believe in, in aliens and such. That, that's a different story. But, but what's so interesting about that movie is the notion that these very well-dressed men go around and they're so dedicated to keeping the, the, the public... Uh, you know, for whatever reason, whatever the mission sanitized. is, sanitized, sanitized, yeah, and from... they could, they could, they could so with a hundred percent accuracy and consistency make people forget whatever they might have seen with that little, uh, you know, tweeting thing. Um, that's the way they view government. That's how efficient and how powerful these people must be. When in fact, it turns out that every man, woman, and child, and especially the men and women who are who are uh, running any sort of business, they most people want to wake up in the morning. They want to go to work and get their paycheck. Thank you very much. They hope for their raise and uh, maybe their pension. They had that, that kind of dangling out there. And then they want to have a little nookie with their wife. They want to have beers with their buddies and watch the football game. 
and and have a go to the restaurant and go to Disneyland and then have that vacation in Hawaii. That's what they're interested in. That is life, okay? And they'd rather not work too hard, okay? They work just the right amount. Yeah, we want to do this amount of work for that amount of reward. <laughs> that's right. right. They, 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 they love it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's okay. I mean, I, I'm, you know, Johnny Six Pack, we're all Johnny Six Pack in some ways. I mean, I'm looking forward to this evening uh, to spend time with my kids. You know, I, I look, I like my clients and such. I like my work. I find value in it. But frankly, I'd rather be with my family. At yeah. the end of the day, I'm, in the, I'm doing it for my family. I'm providing a service so that I can be with my family, okay? I try to be the best lawyer that I can be, but I don't do it 24-7, okay? That's just not the way it works. And the, the left views government like they are men in black. It ain't so. It is more like the naked gun. Right. <laughs> okay? It, it that, that's what it's like. Yeah, and isn't it just interesting? This shows you what happens when you live in the beliefs suspended world. These are the same people who constantly tell you how terrible the cops are. Right. Right? Don't the cops work for the government? Yeah, I, I, last I checked. So, so how is it that the cops who work for that same government are so terrible, but the government well agent, the welfare office, is so brilliant? Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. And you know, the same consistent pattern holds. Um, when the Sandy Hook horrible shooting happened, uh, a liberal I know on Facebook was posting about how horrible guns were and how important it is that we save the lives of children and give up our Second Amendment rights and blah, 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 on and on and on. Well, you know, the children, the children, the children. So I very, well, deliberately then wrote to him and says, so I suppose this now means that you will be opposed to um, abortion? Right. Because that kills children? And he blew a gasket because I was the guy in his movie saying, you know, that CGI is just a green screen. That's not really there. And he got so angry. No, of course. And and they they, look, we say they don't think things through, but this is a different element. This is about the willing suspension of disbelief. Now, we're talking a lot about. Well, it shows. I think the important thing is not only do they not think things through, they choose to do the opposite of things through for their own. I know, but we're talking about the willing suspension of disbelief. I just want to stick to that because. It's, it's a study of human nature. Think of us as anthropologists stu- studying the lefties. <laughs> now, what is, what is working right now? What, what is going on in their heads? Yeah, I'm in the forest with them, <laughs> and we're, I'm sitting among them, and we're, I'm helping them pick fleas out of their fur. <laughs> That's right. They apparently do not realize that their lack of hygiene has led to this flea situation. All right. <laughs> but, but, but really, this, this is the way they do it. They, they just don't bother them with the facts. Yes, that's true. Uh, but, but this is how they, they think. It's an it's utter inability to suspend their disbelief. You need to suspend your disbelief. Sorry, you need to, to be cynical, on the contrary. You need to uh, uh, unveil the truth at the end of the day, because we are not in a movie. We, you're outside of the movie theater now. Now you have to think of things very clearly. Because if you don't, then bad things will happen. Yeah. Okay? This, that, the, no, wait, wait, wait. The wait, guy wait. who just said that, by the way, just wrote a book called Atheism Kills. And you're talking, and this shows you the, the dichotomy and the consistency as well of this, which is even if you write a book supporting the notion that God exists and that religions are a good path to God, you must have your sense of disbelief and your critical thinking sectors of your brain working at all times in order to lead, lead a rich and thoughtful life. Right. Well, that dovetails into our next section then, I guess. I guess now is a good time as any to go into the God side, the religion side. And, and just before I do that, uh, you know, the question is, why do people suspend 
their disbelief? Why do they willingly do so? And the answer in, in that one is, is, is easy because it requires thinking. It requires action. It requires a little bit harder work. In fact, sometimes a lot of hard work to understand that uh, dealing with Iran, for example, is going to require a lot more than just giving them money. Okay? Uh, it's it's going to require, uh, you know, when it comes to Obamacare and, and the health care, it's going to require a lot more than, say, giving people a lot of freebies. Right? It's... It's going to require an understanding of capitalism, and that might require opening a book, right? And we don't want to do that, you know, because you might discover this man named Adam Smith who talked about the invisible hand. It might require you to know a little bit more about history and where you discovered that, gosh, this crazy capitalist system, so evil as it is, uh, led to the greatest burgeoning of liberty and uh, uh, wealth creation in the history of mankind. But other than that, you know, let's go back to, to uh, socialism. Yeah, you might actually have to notice that after Trump cuts these taxes in a few months, so many more people are going to be so much more better off and happy. Yeah. God they, forbid they, your philosophical beliefs are proven wrong. Right. So it, it makes them feel better, for one thing, but it also requires less work on their part. Now, going back, now, now going to the God uh, section of this podcast. So I, I'm going to say something that will make the mind of an atheist explode, and that is that the atheist is, in, is willingly suspending his disbelief when it comes to his understanding of the cosmos and life and how we got here and so forth. Why is his mind going to explode, as I say, with emphasis? The reason is that he's going to argue that, no, no, what are you... You guys are the crazy ones. You guys are the, the ones who believe this nonsense about some sky god out there that is going to give you an afterlife, neither of which you have seen or have any idea about. So who's the one fooling themselves now, Barack and Ari? Who the hell do you think you are? And to which we say, uh, actually, belief in God is far more uh, requiring of effort and knowledge and wisdom than not believing in God, right? In fact, you and I came to believe in God precisely for that because we, we worked at it. We, we kind of tried to figure out why are things so, how, this doesn't make sense. We, we've talked about it so many times, but the, the general summary of it is we talked about the probability of things, of things happening just as they are. In other words, we came to that conclusion through Rationally. something called uh, science, right. if you will. It was pure science. Yeah, we've Pure seen, science, we've math, seen probabilities. Events. We've seen later events. And we've seen trends, and we've come to the conclusion that the only way to explain logically the, that throughput right. is the a creation. Creator. A creator was there. Yes. A creator made this happen, and we don't know what, what uh, this creator looks like. Fair enough. We don't know the why, at least uh, a lot of the why. We certainly don't know. We can divine some of the why, but we don't know everything about it. Uh, I, I know that there is a creator. I believe that that creator is the God of the Bible. Yes, that's true. There's, there's a distinction there. But, and there are reasons why I believe that at this point. But it's not because it gives me great comfort. Hardly. And, but it's, it's the atheist who is willingly suspending his disbelief. Be, and, and why do we say that with such comfort? Because you have to be suspending your, disbel your disbelief if you have eyes and a brain and you are looking around and you refused ever to ask the question, how can this possibly have come about through random means? If, if you have not asked that question to yourself, 
then, then you're a fool. It means you're lazy. You are willingly suspending your disbelief because everything in front of you uh, makes it, screams the conclusion that there's a creator in charge. It's, it's, it's literally the same thing as finding a watch on the beach out of nowhere, and, and it's a very sophisticated watch, whatever, and you say, oh, well, this, this must have happened randomly, right? That's literally the same thing. In fact, it's, it's far more, uh, you know, believing, uh, sorry, the, the fact of a human, the, 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 the incredible sophistication of a human is, of course, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of times more complex than the most complex watch we could ever make. So, so to say that that happened randomly, yeah, you're, you're a fool. such a brilliant Example. I mean, I mean, I mean uh, that's it, it's perfect. I well, mean, yeah. I- imagine being a a uh, primitive man of some sort, right. some village, of, you know, from some time ago, and finding a watch without any knowledge of, um, you know, Rolex or Frank Mueller or even the Apple Watch. Finding one of those devices right. and going, eh, random. Right. Yeah. You, you, the this, most, is, this is like the a rock. most primitive right. of person. Would not come to that conclusion. Right. Well, not only that. With, who had any curiosity about right. what it is right. or what their place in the world is. Not only that, but that most primitive person that you're talking about would not only come to the conclusion that you just said, which is like, wow, this the creator must have made this. Uh, he, he would bow down to the watch. He would stop he would worshiping it. Like, was, oh, great, oh, great watch in the sky. Yes. So um, that's what would happen. And by the way, I, I appreciate you giving me credit for it, but... The watch on the beach, and it could be for anything, by the way. It could be uh, a computer on, uh, you know, uh, on the road. Yeah, it could be a tennis racket. It doesn't a matter. Golf ball. Any. But but watch <laughs> on the beach is you know a classic example, yeah. so that people and, have. And there was have a movie. Immediate... There was a movie uh, that you again with suspension of disbelief for movies called The Gods Must Be Crazy that came yeah. out in the eighties. If you remember, some guy is a pilot. He's drinking a bottle of coke. Right. Opens a window, throws it out of yes, the window. Yes. Yes. And it's found by some aborigine in like yeah. either the Australian outback or the plains of. Africa, and suddenly they worship it because they cannot understand how this beautiful, perfect object, empty bottle right. of glass, bottle Great of coke, example. came to be. Great example. And it shows exactly what those people would do. And not even the liberal would behave that way of with course. that kind of intelligence. Yeah, he would assume correctly that that somebody made this bottle, right? <laughs> or something. Something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's the it's the same concept here, and they they willingly suspend their disbelief. They are the they are the equivalent of. Like, well, it's just something visual. It's no different than a rock or a stick that's next to it, right? It was randomly... That is silly, right? It's it's just pure silliness. <clears throat> and I don't think it, it creates that much work. Here's why they willingly suspend their disbelief. Because you are correct that it is something that no doubt uh, would make anyone think that, that there's a creator behind this. No doubt about it, right? So why do they work so hard, and they really do work so hard. I can tell you because I know many atheists. Uh, why do they work so hard at saying, no, there is a, there's a rational explanation for this, uh, there is a scientific basis for this, uh, and, and a random explanation for this? More, the most important thing, it's, there has to be a random explanation for it. And so, so you say, why, why would they do that? Why is it so difficult for them why do they fight so hard? Because and these atheists really fight so hard. If you trust me, when I posted uh, stuff on Facebook about atheism kills, you betcha I got a huge amount of flack for it. How dare you say this? And they respond if, if they if they were truly the uh, non-caring, peaceful, you know, hey, just leave us alone sort of people that they claim to be, they wouldn't be saying all these um, swears and epithets at me, 
right? They, they would say, okay, well, here's a, that, that crazy religious guy, Barack Lurie, well, you know, just dismiss him. No, no, they have to really go to town. So why are they so vociferous? Why are they so angry about this? I'll tell you why. Because the discovery of God means that you discover the need to be accountable, that you need to be responsible, that you don't get to have all the sex that you want, that you, you don't get to commit all the crimes that you want, that you, that you have to be nice to people. That you, I mean, you that you can, have to, you're just going to go to hell. Right, right. <laughs> right. Well, that too, or at least you won't get to heaven, right? I mean, but, but you, will, you will have to be accountable. Whatever, however God uh, deals with your uh, transgressions. Yeah, there's going to be a there's price going to be, for your soul yeah. at some point. At some point. For either you're going what to have to, you do well or not. You're going to have to pay the piper. We don't know how, but you're, you're going to be, you have to be responsible. You don't like that. Who likes that, right? We, everyone would rather it be Lord of the Flies, right? Everyone, you know, I get to do whatever I want. I get to dress, uh, you know, go around naked if I, if I so please. I get to, uh, you know, pee in the woods whenever I want to. I get to burp whenever I want to. I don't have to brush my teeth. I don't have to, you know, do hygiene or anything else. Uh, you know, I can say whatever I want to anybody else. I, I get to sex it up with anybody I want. I get to drug it up anytime I want. You know, it, there's no future, so I don't need to have any kids. I don't need to be responsible for kids, for that matter, right? Yeah. I don't need to be responsible for anybody. It's so much easier to not believe in God. And I say to you that the reason why they do this is they, they willingly suspend their disbelief when it comes to God, even though it's right there in front of me, uh, in front of them. They know God is right there. They they have to know it if they actually ask their questions as you and I do, like, how many questions do we always ask ourselves, right, to get to certain uh, understandings of things? So if they only did that, then they would realize, oh, gosh, I, I guess, because the last thing I want to do is be accountable. Yeah, or Ooh, think I'm, about all the time I've wasted living my life this way. Yes. Or think that there is a price on my soul for all I have done that was really bad that I thought was good. Perfect example, all the activity that social justice warriors or Antifa does that they think they're doing because they're so good and so pure and so pious that's really awful. Right. Think about all the people the Antifa members beat up and put in the hospital and wrecked and gave brain damage to that now you are going to realize there's going to be a price for that. Right. There's, there, there are a few people, like the former leader of Greenpeace, right, who, who discovered that what, what he was doing was actually quite bad. And he realized how uh, corrupt and how wrongheaded it was and how it was leading to the exact opposite of what he was hoping to achieve. Uh, likewise, with um, all these people who belong to Planned Parenthood or supporting them. You know, you're, you're, you're just in an abortion mill. You're, you're in a murder factory. Yeah, That's I, all it is. I call it a death camp, a yeah. Holocaust death camp. And it is. How, how, how you can possibly feel good about yourself. Listen, they, they rationalize whatever they want to. But in, by, by working at Planned Parenthood, what you're really doing is you're really emphasizing or reemphasizing uh, for yourself the notion that there must not be a God because I, look at all these people I'm, kill, I'm killing. Little babies, of course, we're talking about, but I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of killing so many. It must be okay. So your worldview must be such that there is no accountability at the end, because how could you live with, with yourself? But the good news is that there are people from Planned Parenthood, from Greenpeace, and from so many other of these really wasteful at best and, and highly destructive and murderous at worst organizations, which um, where they leave and they... They feel okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell all. I'm gonna I'm gonna 
I, I, it's a reach, I'm born again, so to speak, not, not from a Christian point of view, but I'm born again, I see the light and I want to change. I want people to understand how bad this is. Yeah, they wake up and they do their best to repent right. for the past sins and spread the knowledge that they have of the hell that they participate right. in. Look, neither you and I nor I did such things like Planned Parenthood would be such a good example. But we were both, I mean, I was an atheist, a very deep atheist, and uh, I feel embarrassed about the way I used to think. I realized how shallow it was. Really, I'm, I'm just truly embarrassed. On the other hand, I give myself some credit and say, look, and atheism is a childish uh, ideology. I believed in it when I was a child and, and a little bit beyond. I should have abandoned my atheism when I was 16. That's, yeah, uh, I, that's I, about the level of, of age where you should abandon atheism. I understand if you're an atheist or agnostic until the age of about 16. After that, you've you got to say, really? You, you haven't figured this out? And from all the information that you have around you, this, is, this you haven't figured out? Look, probabilities are a big reason. I mean, you, if you're not asking questions, then you're not doing your homework. You're not being responsible. You need to be the, the, the guy looking at the Star Wars movie saying, uh, again, applying this in, in real life, not on the, on the screen. Uh, in real life, you need to be the guy saying, that, can't, that crap can't happen, right? Um, you can't survive in space you know, without a spacesuit, <laughs> Right. You know, gravity can't be the same on every planet. It depends on the size of the planet. And you can't have the same, uh, you know, environment as all, as, as Earth on every planet that you visit. You know, not once in any uh, Star Wars movie uh, do you see, or Star Trek for that matter, do you see the, uh, the Vulcans or the uh, humanoids putting on a space mask, right? Because there's air aplenty, apparently, on, on so many different planets in exactly the right chemical combination. So it's, it's weird. But you ask, you can suspend that disbelief, but in real life, you got to ask questions. For example, one of the questions we asked, and it, it informed our decision uh, and conclusions as well. We asked the question when it came to the transgender issue. We said, just how many transgenders are there, right? <laughs> in America, just to use America alone. And we know that one out of 35,000. Okay, so... That's a small number, but at the but, top end, yeah, that's, the, a, that's, a that, that's right. That's a top end, and they're concentrated in in large numbers. No, but this well, is this is average. Certain communities. This is know? average, but the, but the yeah. point is, like you ask most people who are so supportive of transgender rights, and we got to think about these people, and and you say, you know, have you do you have an idea of how many transgenders there are? What do you mean? Well, I mean, we know that there are about 11, 12 percent of black people in America. We know that there are. Two and a half or two percent of Jews in America. We know that there's somewhere between three and seven percent of gays in America. Um, so what percent or whatever fraction, if you like, uh, are there of transgenders? Yeah. And have, would would, would and you agree with me? Wait, wait. Yeah. And, and you say, would you? Let's say there's only one transgender person in all of America, for that matter, all of the world, and we're engaging in all this. Would you say it's a little bizarre, a wasting time? Well, yeah, of course. Okay. Well, but and would you say the same thing if it was ten? Yeah. How about at seven thousand? Would would that would that would you say that that's we're, we're wasting our time about seven thousand? If it's only seven thousand people, yeah, definitely for sure. That's ridiculous. And I said, well, that's how many people there are. There are seven thousand transgenders in America. That's it. Thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah, it, no, even though they're in working America. on converting a bunch of more. Oh, that's another know, story. They, there's a, they're trying to manufacture more. But, no, but, yeah. but but so so from that conclusion, we we then realized that the Democratic Party is simply trying to concoct 
and new civil liberty about people that don't really exist. I mean, I mean, I think the in, word in, is meaningful numbers. Concoct a hoax. It's a hoax. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The and same thing. The same thing with the global warming. Since you're talking about hoaxes, right? Yeah. So that immediately comes to mind for me, at least. Right. Uh, and, and you say, okay, well, what what is the what is exactly going to happen? And when is it going to happen? Is it 60 years from now, 30 years from now? I mean, you, you guys keep on changing your numbers. And I thought it was like four years ago that, uh, you know, after that uh, year, that it's a point of no return. And they keep on changing the, the, the goalposts so that this year, 2017 and now, and soon 2018, will be the last year we can do anything. Well, but you said, I mean, it's, it's so funny, all these things. Yeah, and all the black people being beaten up in America by police. Right, yeah. You know, and then the, and the fractions associated with that, there's absolutely no, no evidence of that yeah. happening in just any significant way. Just a quick question. I'm just curious. Yeah. Have you ever met a transgender person, a real one? A transgendered person? Yeah, do you know any I've, I've met. I've met people that were clearly cross-dressers, if that's, but not transgendered, no. Okay. Uh, and this, uh, I I think this goes to the probabilities and all that. And remember, I live... I'm an LA native. I mean, other than you, okay. right? I'm I'm uh, I'm polysexual, meaning <laughs> depending on what my date pays, I will be whatever they want me to pay. I'm a working man. I got it. I got uh, food on the table. He works you hard know, for the money. You, you know, you don't want to work 24 hours as a lawyer, but That's right. I don't want to work 24 hours as That's a. That's true. That's true. You know. When we get together, you seem very relaxed. Yeah, it's good. Exactly. That's right. It's, it's on my downtime. Uh, point is, I'm from LA. Down low. I work in the I work in the entertainment business. Okay, center of all this stuff. Right. I know only one, one guy, a, a girl, a, a transgender. Whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever it is she wants to be. Uh, right. You know, I know one. I've met only one. Yeah. No more than, and she she knows others and has been part of support groups and whatever. So if, you know, God willing, it, it happened. I could meet others through her. I think there. But been, wait, I think there have been more people struck by lightning, in America, uh, per year than there are transvestites. Well, tra- transgenders from our transgenders. Tra- transgenders. I'm yes. sorry, trans- people who identify. Yeah, that's ha- that's how rare it is. And yeah. the person I know, I believe, is you know full surgical transition, all that right. stuff. But you the know? reason why I bring this up, Ari, is not not to talk about transgenderism or and such of the surgical stuff. It was simply that that we asked the question, right? What are the okay? What what numbers are we talking about here? And I say talking with an apostrophe after n. What are we talking about, right? And likewise. As an atheist, uh, do you ask the question, and you, of course you don't, I know you don't, but do you ask the question, my dear atheist listener, what are the odds that this all happened randomly? Okay, because you, you need to ask that. If you are such a, an adamant atheist, then you, you need to know that question. Yeah, ad- You the, need to answer that question right, too. The, the quality of being adamant about anything, right? You know, whether it's your daughter being home by ten o'clock on, on a date night or whatever, or the the fact that you are going to um, you know watch sports over a soap opera, you right. know, whatever. Your adamance comes from something, right? Usually, evidence in mine about football is I find football more entertaining than chick flicks. My wife, who's equally adamant in exactly the opposite way, right? has come to the absolute opposite conclusion. Right. Right. And you know what? We're both right <laughs> from right. our own point well, of look, view. Look. But you would think the point you're making is so great. Adamant atheists, where is, does your, what evidence supports your adamants? Right. Uh, right. And, and why are you so vociferous? Yeah. Why are you so vicious? Yeah. At least be an agnostic. You know, I, I respect you if you're an agnostic. Yeah. You'll say, look, you know, I still don't feel comfortable to, because I can't hear, see, touch, or feel God. I, 
you know, until I can do one of those things, I'm, I don't going to believe, I'm not going to believe in a God, uh, but I do understand that that's a possibility. Okay. So, and, and I don't know what happened with the, with the beginning of time and all that stuff. I do think the probabilities are very small, but maybe there's a, there's an explanation that makes it all make sense that is indeed scientific and random. I don't know. That's look, you, if you do that, I'm, I'm jiggy with that. I think, I think at the end of the day, you will become a believer because you'll realize that it does, it simply doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, because there are too many probabilities upon probabilities. It's too absurd. Like, yeah, it's like the Antifa, who is so adamant in how convinced they are that this society must be torn down right. and replaced with whatever lunatic. Well, they have no idea. That's the point. Yeah. So, so that's another thing. Okay. So thank you for bringing that up. This is about, and maybe that's our third point, and then we should, uh, you know, wrap up soon enough. But our, our third point is, you know, the way they view society in and of itself, right? How we deal with our very civilization. What is your preferred method, right? <laughs> okay. Right. So you literally have these people saying, you know, one day we'll, we'll, we'll be in a world of communism, right? <laughs> so it, where shall I even start with that, right? I mean... First of all, this girl who posted this, and she said it in a yeah, the, loving way. The, just for the listeners, yeah. a BuzzFeed editor out of London tweeted, That's the one. all I want for Christmas is total communism now. Right. And um, she meant it. She, she meant it in a, in a sweet and loving way because right. communism is certainly a loving ideology. Yeah, in the most compassionate form yes. of functional, working, communal right. lifestyle. So, so this very young editor, uh, I, I don't know her name, but she, she clearly has never opened up a history book and asked herself the question, has communism ever been applied before? Okay. And she might very well discover that communism, hey, has been applied, it turns out. Who knew? And is currently and being currently, applied right. in certain pockets of right. this world we live in. And talk about probabilities, right? Yes. There's a 100% chance, not 99.9, but a 100% chance that wherever it was applied, it was murderous and enslaving and torturous, and belittling, and humiliating, okay? Uh, every single place where it was applied. Yeah, both is, both was, and, and is. is. Yes. yes, it's very consistent. Yes. Thank you. But so so she's not asked herself that question, right? Right. And then she, she failed to ask the question, well, what system of government uh, works best with human nature, right? And communism apparently doesn't. That's the hint, okay? Capitalism does. Or And then the next question, what system has brought us to where we are today in terms of enjoying our freedoms, uh, whether it's sexual or religious or uh, productive or whatever it might be? In a place where she lives like London, England. London, exactly right. Yeah, modern yeah. London. So they – and then she doesn't ask the question of what would happen if we did impose communism now and chucked out the old system? Uh, what would that mean to my life and, for that matter, all the people that I love? Okay. Never once does she ask this question because I can tell because anyone who makes that kind of a, a statement has clearly not asked any of those questions, let alone all of them. Okay. This is a person who has willingly suspended her disbelief. Okay. Because it's easier to do so. Michael Moore famously, when he came to, uh, the, what is it? Occupy Wall Street. And you remember the Zuccotti Park thing with all the tents and everything else where the world was going to change, and they had all sorts of rules and uh, about their vision and such. And it was very nondescript. It's in, this, in, in the book, by the way. It's a, kind of a fun chapter. And uh, one of the reporters asks 
Michael Moore, who's you know a championing their cause, he he somehow identifies with them. Never mind that he's he's the one percent of the one yeah, percent in terms of wealth. Seven million dollars, right? And, and he's yeah. benefited from capitalism up <laughs> yes. the wazoo, and he would never be able to benefit whatsoever or get any message across had he actually had the world that he wanted. But putting that aside, <laughs> right? <clears throat> um, how do they asked him? Uh, what do you want to do? What, what you know? You're against capitalism. Absolutely, it's evil. It's horrible. What system would you replace it with? And he famously said. I don't know. We'll think of something, right? Okay, that's a reflection of a man who has willingly suspended his disbelief. Yeah, let's break our car. Right. Then say, well, we still have to get some f- from here to there. We'll think of something. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> but this car is evil. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the other thing that's so interesting is, um, let's just use Christmas as the example to be consistent with the BuzzFeed editor, right. even though we're both Jewish. Is there any, just a question to you, is there anything you'd want for Christmas now that Hanukkah's over? If someone were to give you a Christmas gift, yeah, can you think of some things you'd like? Sure, I'd like a, an echo. No, you don't have to tell me what they oh, are. Okay. I'm just saying they are, right? Yeah. Now let me ask you the follow-up question. Do you think it might be possibly that's why i'm giving you this wide berth of possibly an imposition to force the desired gifts you want on other people possibly uh, i think i'm beginning to i'm gonna say i'm gonna go yes with this one bob okay okay because this is my point about the BuzzFeed editor she was asking for total communism now that's all but she wasn't asking <laughs> no but here's my point yeah. she wasn't asking for it for just herself she was unfortunately trying to gift this gift upon you and me as well. And we might not want it. Because if she wanted total communism now, no one is stopping her from going to North Korea this instant. That's true. In fact, I'm pretty sure the North Koreans would welcome her with open arms as a great propaganda win to show to the world, see this American or Londonese BuzzFeed editor has now become a a pro-communist advocate for our way of life. Take that Western world, right? They would would lionize her. So why isn't she going? Why is she forcing it on, wishing to force her gift on us? I I, I know. I I certainly agree with you. But, you know, it's too silly, right? I mean, at the end of the day, she clearly has not you know, equated or wondered whether freedom and communism go together, right? <laughs> right. I mean, like, so she, she thinks if she goes, oh, tell me about this North Korea country. I don't, I don't even know if she knows what North Korea is or where it is on the map for that matter. Clearly not if so, she wants what so she So she would go to North wants. Korea. She would yeah. go to North Korea and say, hey, guys, how you doing? I love your communism. That is so cool. You guys are so much better than us. Uh, when will the West ever learn... And then you know, rolling her eyes, and then they'll, and then she'll say, "Oh, can you believe the latest from uh, Taylor Swift or whatever?" I really, totally love that. You will not listen to Taylor Swift. You will listen to <laughs> our North Korean uh, pop singers who uh, lionize and idolize our true master, uh, King Jong Un, right? And the workers. Party. And you say, "Well, you know, he's kind of fat." <laughs> you will never say that again. <laughs> if yeah, you do, you will die. Good luck for you. Good luck for you. But but uh, you know, I, I want to you know. No, you will dress. You, you can't have sex with anybody else, uh, you know, other than the people we choose for you. Thank you very much. I mean, come on. It, it, yeah, it's, it's so clearly that it's so clear. This is a woman who's clearly thinking that communism is the same thing as all those propaganda tours that they give you, right? In North North Korea, I want to, you know. By the way, when I was in 1981, I was I guess 17, and I went through a propaganda tour in Berlin, what was then East Berlin. 
and they took us all around. And we, we were so clear of that. I mean, my dad told me, you know, as if, as if he had to worry that I was, I was being influenced by this nonsense. Uh, he said, you know, this is what they want you to see. They're not showing you all the poverty and the horrific stuff that's going on. And they take you through a very clear path, you know, making you think that wonderful things are happening. And I just, I thought it was so funny. There were very few people around. It was just, there was some nice grass uh, mode. Clearly there were some nice statues. Um, and it was just hysterical to me that, that people would buy this. And I thought, nobody could be fooled by this nonsense. Nobody. Right. And, and what's right. funny is only people in the West are fooled. The North Koreans damn well know how horrible it is. I know. I know. These Germans know how horrible it was. I, they, they know for sure. But I, I thought even somebody from the West, you know, I knew that I was told I could not stray from here. Why couldn't I stray from here? It's such a wonderful country. Why? What do they have to, to hide? <laughs> right. I mean, even at 16, 17, I figured that out. Right. So maybe I was thinking, you know, questions in, in, a, in a healthy way back then. But there are other people who came, who were on the bus. I thought, what in my mind, what moron could possibly think this is it? You know, right? So there was about, I don't know, 30 of us in the bus. And we all came back to the to West Berlin. And they said, and like 15 of them saying, wow, they, they, they really do have a good life there. It's really, it, it was interesting how they, they were actually fooled. And I, these were adults, people who are 30, 40, 50 years old who were saying this to me. I looked up to them. I was just a kid, right? An adolescent, 16 years old. And these adults were believing this crap. And it, it, it became clear to me that it was a willing suspension of disbelief. That, that people don't ask questions, Ari. They don't. Right. And you know why that's such a great story about that? Because in the case of that particular regime and that nation in that era, to, to have the disbelief, of the Communist Party line to understand they're not showing you the secret police interrogation stations, the secret prisons, the starvation, the slums and the smell and the lack of hygiene and the lack of toilet paper and all the horrors that you can imagine, the people eating dirt. To, to understand that is to see the human condition in such a horrible way. I mean, you know how people who... Um, Give money to the SPCA yeah. when they see like a an, an abused animal, they start to cry. Right, you would start to cry uncontrollably if you would. Right. I, I feel that twinge of that when I see the starving Venezuelans today. I okay. mean, it's, the, it's the, a the, horrible. The reason thing. why these people did this. Now I know in hindsight, the reason why they they wanted to believe it is because the alternative is that for them to say, okay, this system is horrible, capitalism is correct. I need to embrace capitalism and I need to roll up my own sleeves and do the best for my, for my own family and be responsible and a moral person. That takes work. Yeah, and work to make my country that much better of right. a perfect that's, union. That's right. Rather than constantly saying, yeah. well, America sucks, Grateful Dead Man. Right. You know? and, and that finally, and, and maybe we'll end it with that, the America sucks concept. You know, that this is the new paradigm that uh, America is just an awful country, right? It, we, when they're teaching you, I, I, we did recently a tour of uh, several schools for our son. We're going to middle, middle school this coming year. And each of the schools, I asked simple questions like, because they have the students actually learning in their classes, right? So in the history area, I said, what are you learning in school about, about America? They said, well, right now we're talking about uh, the Underground Railroad and the slavery. Uh, and what did you learn last month? Uh, we learned about the, tr the treatment of the Indians, okay, the American Indians. Um, did you learn anything other than that? I said, 
Well, not much, they said. And it was consistent with every school that we went to. So now this is the same thing of the willing suspension of disbelief because it takes hard work to not complain. It, it takes hard work to not criticize. It takes hard work to understand the good in people. That's why both America and uh, the Catholic Church and Christianity, generally speaking, get such a bad rap because they focus first on the Inquisition and the Crusades. And in America's case, they focus on the treatment of the American Indian and slavery. Um, never mind that, uh, certainly with the American Indian, that there was, it's more of a gray area anyway. But never mind all the good that America has done. Never mind all the good that Christianity has done. And without either of which, we would not have the civilization that we enjoy today. You know, people don't ask that question. They don't want to because it's easier to complain. To say, America sucks, to use your phrase. And that way you don't have to do anything. You don't have to think it through. And that's the willing suspension of disbelief because it makes you feel good for that moment. You are in perpetual, uh, the, the perpetual state of watching that movie which allows you pure escapism. That's why they do it. You need to get out of it. You need to do the hard work of thinking things through and asking questions. Get out of that willing suspension of disbelief from all sides of the equation, the way that uh, you think politically and all the uh, ideologies associated with the, the, the politics, the way you think about God, and then finally, the way you think about uh, political paradigms and, and ideologies and the way civilization should be. Unless you think that way, you're, you're just engaging in a, you're, you're numbing yourself. Forever watching that movie. You need to get out of the theater. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.